One verse of scripture while you're standing this morning. Job 23 and 14. God's got plans for you. You know that? It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you can see it or not. God's got plans for you. So you don't get to decide and, and make up God's mind about what he thinks about you. We got, it, got this thing in our head like, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And God don't know, but God knows. And God's got plans for you. Job says here, For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got something for you. And it's not a one-time, one-shot deal. Because he said, And many such things are with him. I want to preach for a little while on this. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and let's let's ask his blessings. Oh God, right now in your name. Let us receive this word. Lord, anoint these lips of clay. Fill my mouth with words to feed your people, to encourage your church today. And I'll be careful, Lord, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise and glory. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. And the church said, Amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise before you're seated. Come on, tell your neighbor beside you again. He's got something for you. I'll read this again. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. I'm glad that I am in a place where I realize that God's got something for me. But I wish people today could all get that revelation and realize that God's got something for them. It's appointed for me. It's just for me. I don't have to share my blessing. I don't have to share this promise. Every promise in the book is mine and it's yours. But it don't have to be divided up so we only get a little piece of it. You get the full meal deal. You get the full blessing. Well, he performs the thing that is appointed for me and many such things are with him. Now, it's wonderful and it's great to realize this, but in the context that Job makes it, when he makes this statement of purpose about what God is going to do in his life, Job is doing this with the reality of the loss of his children and his possessions and his livelihood still fresh in his mind. He makes this statement with the the words of scorn that just rolled off his wife's lips uh, toward him that he should curse God and die. These things are still fresh in his mind. 
And even with this in his mind, he makes a declaration. And I'll just paraphrase what he said here. Uh, well, let's just back up to Job 23 and 8. He said, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he works, but I cannot behold him. He hides himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So Job, making this statement with all this heartache and pain and loss in his life, says, God will perform the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. After he just basically said, I have no idea what God is doing. I have no idea where God is. I'm not even sure what his method is right now. I simply know this. That he knows me and it's going to work out for my good. Let me tell you somebody, God is watching you. Maybe you have forgotten in the middle of your trial, your test that God is thinking about you and that God's concerned about you. But let me remind you that he will perform the thing that is appointed for you. Even when you can't see it, God's working. Even when you can't see it, he's doing something. He's setting you up. He's preparing. He's making things right. He's getting it in order. He's preparing the path. God never does anything by accident. And on the spur of the moment, it's already settled in his brain. He already knows what he's going to do. Commitment will keep you. In verse 11 and 12, we jump over these couple of scriptures when we read this part about Job because we, we like the part about coming forth as gold, but there's a little glimpse into the way Job believes in living his life. He says, My foot hath held his steps. His ways have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I wonder what it is that keeps making people go back. Ain't nothing I'd rather do than serve God. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Let me tell you, living for God, it will not prevent tragedy. It won't prevent loss. And it won't prevent heartache. But you need to get this. Commitment will keep you. So you're in the middle of not knowing where God is and in the middle of being tried and tested and in the middle of understanding that God's got something for me, Job says, but I keep on living my life no matter what's going on. I keep on serving God no matter what's going on. I hold on to my integrity. I keep reading. I keep praying. I keep studying. I keep churching. I keep giving. I keep being a witness. I still talk in tongues. I still live holy. I keep living for God because when you keep your commitment, your commitment will keep you. Job don't get to make a statement that God's got things lined up for me if I'm not living right. But God knows what Job lives and Job knows what he lives and God will take care of his people. Well, somebody ought to get it. So we always talk about keep your commitments, keep your commitments. Like, because it's, you'll get a bad name if you don't. I'm going to tell you why you keep your commitments. Because commitment will keep you. When you submit yourself to God and keep the commandments of God and walk in his way, one place he said, all these blessings shall overtake you, shall come upon you. Man, let me tell you, there ain't nothing like living for God and ain't a better life than living for God. And ain't but one blessed life, and that's the life living for God. It doesn't matter what you're facing. I know Job's heart was broke. 
I know his, his, his mind was troubled. I know he's sitting there with boils on his body and he's scraping them and sitting in ashes and he's got his friends trying to re- reprove him and correct him and everything's just going wrong, but he never forgets that God knows where he's at. Sometimes we may not understand what God's doing. We may not realize his methods. And I can't see how God is working. I can't perceive him. With every sense I have, I can't figure this out. With all my thinking, I can't get it. But there's one thing I don't forget, and that makes the rest of it all right. He knows the way I take. He never takes his eyes off of you. He never stops watching you. He never starts listening to you. He never stops listening to your voice. He never stops waiting for you to cry out. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Paul said this to the church in Corinthians 2 and 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard. These are the people in Corinth called to be saints, set apart. He said, I'm writing this to the church. Let me, let me remind my brother. Let me remind my sister. Let me remind the ministry. Let me remind you today. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. And neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That he's already prepared. Not that he's preparing. That he has already prepared. God has blessings set up in store for his people. And he's saying right here, with your eyes and with your ears, you can't perceive it. You know what you use your eyes and your ears for? Direction. Uh, if, if you can't see, it's hard to tell where you're going. If you can't hear, it's hard to hear somebody calling you, hey, over here. He said, with all these sensories dulled, with everything you've got, he said, you can't see it with your eyes and you can't hear it with your ears. It don't even enter into your reasoning all the things that God's got for you. But just because you can't tell it don't mean it ain't prepared. He said, I don't care where you sit and where you find yourself in the body. God has something prepared for you. But don't ever think you got so smart that you can figure it out. Sometimes you just won't know what it is. You just know that it is. That God has got a blessing waiting on you. But honey, let me tell you, when you lose your commitment, when you walk out on God. While he's scratching his balls. I have not declined from his word. I have kept his ways. Job said, I've hung on to my commitment. Let me tell you why you're sitting in your trial with the bad doctor's report, with the bank statement that shows zero, with the job that just lets you go, with the big F on your exam in school. You better remember one thing, that God's still watching you. And it ain't your bank account and your good grades and even your health don't depend on how good God can be to you. But when you are committed, when you say, I'm going to serve you in the good times and in the bad, I'm going to fall down and worship you. I'm going to keep my commitment to you, God. You can rest assured that even when you can't see it, he's working. Commitment will keep you. These things that God has prepared. I know we talk about, we use that a lot when we're talking about heaven. And I believe that's true. But you know what? I have found out in the short time I've lived on this earth that God has blown my mind several times, Brother Larry. That God has just 
shook me to the core several times, amazed me over and over again at what he can do when we trust him. Over and over again, God has showed me things and let me see things in other people's lives that just mind-blowing because people stayed committed to God. People that came back from the brink, that came back from the dead, people that had miracles of restoration in their life that no way they could work it out, but God made a way because these kind of things he has and many other things. Yeah, he'll perform the things that are appointed for you, but hey, don't think you just get to visit once. Don't think you just give. He said, I'll load you daily with benefits. Daily with benefits. Every day, God's got things ready for you. Every day, God's got something that you can use. Every day, God's going to take it. God will take care of you. I know. And I think that Job is such a good example because we, we reference him all the time. Job, oh, the trials of Job, the troubles of Job. Job had it bad, but Job came through it. Because Job had something inside of him. He realized that even though I can't tell it, you know, I I see pretty good, I hear pretty good. It's it's amazing because of the way I abused my ears over the years with loud music and things like that. But I still hear pretty good, see pretty good. No matter how, if you got 20-20 vision and perfect hearing, Sometimes you can't see or hear or tell what it is God's doing. You just got to know that he is doing. You see, because I know one thing, and I don't care where you find yourself backslid or living for God, there's one thing that, that we can all say, I know that God loves me. Because you can't change. Even people that don't know it, it's still true of them. If somebody thinks, I don't know that God loves me, it don't matter if they know it, it's still true because God loves all souls. And because that he loves us, we can love him. And all things work together for good to them that love him. You see, God, he made it that way. He made it where things would work. He said, I'm going to love you first so you can love me. And if you love me, it don't matter what happens. All things is all things. Hey, if it's bad news or good news, it works for your good. If it's profit or loss, it works for your good. We can't see how loss works good for us, but honey, sometimes losing some things really works out for the better. Sometimes when you lose some things, it works out for the better. And Job lost things, and we think, man, it was, those are, that, that was family, that was blood, that was precious. Let me tell you, even sometimes... Say, don't say that, Pastor. That's hard. I'm just telling you, sometimes the people that are closest to you, you might need to lose some time so you can get better. I better move to another page. We love Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God's thinking of you, and he's got plans for you. That's what he just said. And he didn't just make it up. He said, this is what God said. The Lord said, I know what I think about you. You quit trying to put thoughts in God's mind. You can't change the way God thinks about you. He said, I think in thoughts of peace. Now, whether he gets to perform that peace is up to us. Are we keeping our commitment? Are we thinking about him? He said, I'm ready to pour out some peace, some peace that passes understanding. But when you won't do nothing but stay in the middle of trouble and turmoil and, and, and fighting and carrying on all the time, I can't give you no peace. But when our mind is on him 
And when our mind is stayed on Him, He keeps us in perfect peace. When you always worry about the storm, I can't give you no peace. When you always think I can't do nothing, I can't give you no peace. But if you would just know that I'm thinking good thoughts about you, if you would just know that I'm your God, one man, one man said in the scripture, he said, I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. I'm not worried about anything this world can do to me because God is my fortress. God is my strength. He's my God. And he's a good watcher. And he's a good keeper. And he's a protector and a provider. And he's a savior and he's a friend. And God will take care of us. But we have got to keep our commitment and realize that even when I can't see it, he's working. And let me tell you something. When uh, Jeremiah penned these words, Israel was going into captivity for 70 years. This wasn't written at the revival service. This was written as they headed into captivity for 70 years. And let me tell you, I know we got some in here that's above 70, 70 or better. You can forget a lot of things in 70 years. Yeah, I hear some of them, yeah, some of them over there laughing now. 70 years, you live a lot of life. That's a lot of hours in the day. You can forget a lot of things in 70 years, but you know what? God don't forget. And though he told it to somebody, he said, after 70 years, I'm bringing you out. Now, somebody in that 70-year period died. Some people in that 70-year period wasn't around when that was first spoke. They came into existence during that 70-year period. But let me tell you, God didn't forget no matter how rough it got, no matter how bad it got, God had already prepared their escape. God already had their blessing waiting on them. He just said, it's going to take a little time. And maybe somebody in the middle of it couldn't see. And maybe somebody couldn't remember because they'd got so old. But let me tell you, God was still faithful. And in 70 years, they came out. Because God will perform. God's not forgetting. He's preparing. You can look at Israel. Went into Egypt. They were in Egypt 430 years. That's a long time to work for somebody else. That's a long time to be enslaved. That's a long time to be under somebody else's thumb. That's a long time. But the whole time they're, they're growing and they're being blessed. And Pharaoh says, I got to stop this. And he starts making it harder and harder. And Israel starts crying out. You want to tell you something? They were there 430 years, but God didn't forget them. Because while they were crying out, while they were working and making bricks, God was making an escape plan. He was getting the exodus ready. He was getting ready for the Passover to be instituted. He was getting ready for Moses to be born. God had not forgot about them. Even when they couldn't see it, with the lashes on their back and the mud between their toes while they making bricks, God was working. They couldn't see it. They couldn't understand. Where is God? Why isn't he answering? Why are we still in all this trouble? Don't you worry, honey. Your time's coming. God's got something for you. And you might be struggling today. And you might be going through it today. But don't you give up on God. Even when you can't see it. Even when you can't tell it. Even when you don't believe it. God is working. He's just waiting to show himself strong. He's just waiting to do a mighty work for you. Keep on believing. Keep hanging on. Don't give up on God. Don't let down on your prayer life. Don't quit. Don't quit fasting. Don't quit reading. Don't quit being faithful. Keep living holy. Keep living separate. Keep living for God. 
Don't turn away from his word. Don't turn away from his ways. Don't, don't start slacking up. Don't get slothful in it. Don't, you know, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands asleep and destruction's coming. Don't do it. Keep being faithful. Keep being busy. Keep being about the Father's business. Stay faithful to God. Keep talking to Him. Stay in communication with Him. Live the life that God called you to. Live holy. Live separate. Hey, yeah, live separate. Live holy. Still uh, relevant messages in this day and hour. Maybe not very popular, but still relevant, still true, because God's word declares it. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. He said, I want you to be committed to things that I have, not things of this world. Love not the world, neither love the things that are in the world. He wants us to be holy because he's holy. He wants us to be separate. I want to line up with God. I want to line up with God's word. I want to take a chance playing around with something I think that's minor when God's word says it ain't. I want to make sure that I'm committed to God's word, being what God called me to be, living like God called me to live. There's another person in this, and I'll read quickly because it sounds like a lot of scripture, but Ruth, for some reason, the Lord brought me to that book twice this weekend. I've read through this book twice. But the first chapter, we get a little history of what's going on in the life of Naomi and her husband, her kids. Ruth and Orpah, and in verse 8, in chapter 1, it says, Naomi, the mother-in-law, says to her two daughter-in-laws, Go return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept, and they said, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. Now both of them said that. And then Naomi said, turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that you may be husbands, or that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having, or stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieves me much for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lift up their voice and wept again. And here is where we find out what commitment's all about. Because Orpah, she kisses her mother-in-law and she leaves. You see, after Naomi told her, I've got nothing for you. At first, oh, the emotion of it has got them. No, we're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. But after Naomi breaks it down and says, look, let's look at the facts. I'm old. I'm not going to get married again. And if I had a child tonight, would you hang around and wait until he was old enough so you could marry him? And, and so you, there's nothing here for you. And Orpah begins to realize, you know what? She's right. And she kisses her and she goes her way. Because I don't see anything, I don't see no way for me to be blessed by staying with Naomi. But commitment will keep you. And even when you can't see it, Naomi. You see, Naomi had already figured it out. That, well, this is just my life. Oh, Naomi. Even when you can't see it, God is working. Now there's another daughter-in-law and says, but Ruth, she clave 
unto her. Held on to her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back. Return thou after her. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people. That could all be emotional. I've been with around so long and I love you and I want to make sure you're okay so I'm going to stay with you. But this final statement, and thy God, my God. Now Ruth was young. I think they were married about 10 years before her husband passed. 10 years, she didn't have any children. The age they married back then, she was probably in her mid-20s. I see a lot of people in their mid-20s thinking their life is over. It's ridiculous. Do you hear me? Ridiculous. I'm 22 and I ain't married. Ah! You know what? Years ago they was married when they was 15. And then they was married when they was 20. If you don't get married till you're 30, so what? Live your life for God. As long as you live your life and you're happy with God, then so be it. Who set a deadline? That's another, another lesson for another time. I'm just saying, Ruth was a young lady. And she had experienced loss in her life. She, look, she leaves her family, gets married, got a husband. I assume she loves him. Probably trying to have kids. No kids. Then he dies. Her father-in-law dies. Her husband dies. Her brother-in-law dies. A lot of sadness, a lot of grief, a lot of heartache, a lot of things to be bitter about. A lot of, uh, she could have just said, you know what, I, I'm just going back because staying with y'all is tough. But she learned something with Naomi, that there was a God. Where she came from, there was a bunch of gods. But she said, you serve the God. And where you go, I'm going. You can believe it. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. I don't care where it's at. Your people's going to be my people. And your God, my God. Going to be my God. Hey, Naomi, I ain't going nowhere. I am committed to you. Where you die, I'm going to die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if aught but death part thee and me. She said, I am in this thing to the end. Commitment going to keep you. Over time, she's formed this commitment by hearing. I'm sure uh, Naomi and her husband, they talked about this God. They talked about the great things of God. Somewhere, this Moabitess woman realized that this is the God. And just because I've had a little heartache, and just because I've had a little pain and a little trouble in my life, don't mean I'm going to walk away from God. Hey, Ruth, even when you can't see it, Maybe she bought the whole story from Naomi. And maybe she was setting her mind to just be a widow and just going to live out her days with this woman and take care of her and live there and be there with her. But as long as she had God, she didn't care. But guess what, Naomi? Even when you can't see it, he's working. Even when you can't see it. She loves her mother-in-law, but she has declared that God will be her God and commitment will keep you. She had no idea that God had already seen her. That God had heard her statement of faith and put it on file. Yeah. 
And even when Ruth couldn't see it, even when Naomi couldn't see it, as they were headed back to Bethlehem, God was already working. Now, Naomi's in the pit. Naomi's pitiful. I mean, she's just like, she comes riding back in. Isn't this Naomi? Oh, call me, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because, man, I'm gone and God's, I'm bitter. God's dealt bitterly with me. It's, it's awful. Things are tough. It's, it's bad. But she don't know that God is about to show up. God's about to do something great. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is what we need to get when we feel like Ruth and Naomi. In 4 and 15. For all things are for your sakes. Whatever you're going through, you just need to get this. For all things are for your sakes. Whatever God's doing right now, whatever's working in your life, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound unto the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Oh, this world's like it's taking a toll on us and robbing us of things here, there, and everywhere. But Jesus said, let the thief come and kill, steal, and destroy. But I come to give you life and life more abundantly. I come to be there for you when it gets tough. I come to be there when it gets bad. And Paul said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. And then, very important, while we look not at the things which are seen, Get your eyes off your troubles and get your eyes on the Lord. He said, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. One verse to back this up, to go with this. 1 Timothy 1 and 17. Now unto the king eternal. You can't see him. He's the invisible God. But the Bible says we look at the things which are not seen but are eternal. Ruth said, I know how old you are, Naomi. I see our situation. I see how poor we are. I see how things are against us. But that's not what I'm focused on. Your God, who is the eternal God, that's who I'm looking at. Your God is going to be my God. And so we don't look at things. You know how you get through these light afflictions? You don't look at the things you're going through and think this is all there is. But you remember that there's a God that you can't see, but he can see you. You might not be able to perceive him. You not, can't pick him out and can't tell where he's working, but God is there. The things that are unseen are eternal. Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, honor, glory forever and ever. Amen. She could see Naomi. That's temporal. But she was looking past that to the unseen eternal God. And even when she couldn't see it, God was working. When she finally meets, gets into town, she goes out to glean, and she meets Boaz. And Boaz inquires as to who this is and finds out that she's with Naomi, his near kinsman. And Boaz comes up and talks to her and he says this in Ruth 2 and 12. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. 
under whose wings thou art come to trust. You see, Ruth, when you made that declaration to go with Naomi, if you went just to care for her, that's good. That's kind. That's moral. That's upright. That's outstanding. But when you said your God will be my God, the Lord took notice. And when you decided you were going to get up under his wings and trust him and see what would come of it, Boaz, was, he don't even realize, he's, but he's speaking a promise. He's, he's basically prophesying to this woman, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given. I'm sitting here with dirty hands and dirty feet gleaning in your, she- in your field and you're telling me God's going to bless me. Oh yeah. I've lost my husband and I've lost my brother-in-law and my father-in-law and you're telling me God's going to bless me. I've lost my job. I've lost my things. I've lost this. I've lost that. And you're going to tell me God's still there? Yeah, I'm telling you God's still there. When you trust under the shadow of his wing, when you commit yourself to God, it says commit the keeping of your soul unto him as unto a faithful creator. I don't know about you today, but God's got me. God will keep you. He'll keep you body, mind, spirit, and soul. God will keep you. Perfect peace is complete peace. God will keep us in perfect peace, complete. That means my mind can be at peace, my heart can be at peace, my soul can be at peace, my spirit can be at peace, even my flesh can be at peace because my mind is on God. Oh, I could just see the surprise in her eyes because she, she, she still don't know what God can do. She still, she's heard about him. And she's believed, but she ain't seen yet what God can do. And she don't know yet, because eye has not seen, and ear has not heard. What, what's that full, what do you mean recompense? And what's a full reward like that comes from God? Can you, what kind of reward can the God of all glory give? What kind of reward does he have waiting? She can't see it, but God's working. And then Ruth marries Boaz. I got to hurry up. She gives birth to Obed. And Obed gets married and he gives birth to Jesse. And now Jesse, gives, he begets David. And Ruth don't even, I don't even know if Ruth realizes the impact. But we do. She's the great grandmother of David. The king of Israel. The giant killer. Not only that. In the lineage of the Lord. She's in that lineage of the Lord. That's what a full reward from the God looks like. That's what being committed and staying with God looks like. That's what sticking with Him no matter what the trouble, that's what getting the reward from God looks like. Even when she couldn't see it. Long before David was ever born, God already knew. David's on the way. The giant killer's on the way. The man after my own heart, he's on the way. That great worshiper, that great warrior, that psalmist, he's on the way. That prophet, he's on the way. David preached a message that David preached on Pentecost. I mean, that Peter preached on Pentecost. You see the impact of David? David was more just a guy dancing around with a flute, a bag of rocks, and writing songs. Oh, David's words were preached at the birth of the church. The Savior came out of his tribe. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth. 
Even when you can't see it, God's working. Oh, I just want to be kind to my mother-in-law. I'll go with you. I'll stay with you. I'll take care of you because I'm a good person. No, that wasn't what she was about. She said, I'll do all that, but something else too. Your God be my God. She don't have, God don't have to bless Ruth through Naomi. Once she made that statement, she stepped in and God said, you know what? I know she ain't like everybody else. I know she ain't from Israel. I know where she's from, but I'm about to do a work in her life. I'm about to do something special. Aren't you glad today that God can do something special for whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever you've been through, whatever your situation is? God is able to do a work today. And then all the people, and Naomi finally gets out of the pit when she sees that little baby and she takes Obed and becomes nurse to it and all the women are singing songs saying, look what God did because he gave you a, a daughter. That's better than you than seven sons, ten sons, whatever the number was. I, I can't remember. I forget. You can forget a lot of things in 50 years. Naomi couldn't see what God was doing. I'm sure when they, the boy come walking in and said, Hey, I want you to meet Ruth. I'm going to marry her. Naomi probably said, oh my goodness. God help me. She wasn't from Israel. Just things that they liked. She had no idea she was getting the daughter-in-law of a lifetime. She had no idea she was getting a woman that was going to be birthing kings. Oh. You ain't got no idea what God's trying to do with you. Quit, try, quit trying to put it in a box. Quit trying to constrain it and, and mold it and say this is the only way God can work. God knows what he's doing. Oh, God, if it, uh, it, it won't work unless it works this way. I can't go unless it works this way. Well, it might never work because it's your way. But if you let God work, you think she went, I don't know how old Boaz was. But he was old enough to be grateful that this young woman liked him. He said, you sure are sweet and blessed because you ain't considering how old I am. You bypassed the young for the old. So he was feeling real good to have that young lady on his arm that wanted to marry him. You think she went looking for Boaz? You think Boaz realized she was going to be in that field that day? Let me tell you, there's so many things that were going on that nobody knew about until it happened. And there's a lot of things that are waiting to happen if you'll just stay committed. There's a lot of things that God's got waiting for you in the field. You know where he found his bride? In the field. You know where she found her husband? In the field. Lift up your eyes and look into the fields because they're ripe and ready for harvest. You're going to find what you're looking for being committed and working for the Lord. Pray! And it'll send laborers into the harvest. Pray that it'll send somebody that'll keep working for me. Let me tell you, you ain't going to labor for the Lord and not be blessed. Sometimes it gets hot. Sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you get weary. But don't get weary and well-doing because there's a reaping coming. There's a time coming. Just don't faint. 
You can stand with me, honey, if you'll come. And so I put a star beside this at the end, so it must be important. Commitment will keep you so that you will finally see what God was doing. We started out talking about Job and we know all that he lost, all that he went through. And we know that God had great thoughts about Job and Job had great thoughts about God. So much so that he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And he said, I will not let go of my integrity. I'm not going to walk away from his words or his ways. So in Job 42, 16 and 17, it says this. Remember, this is after Job said, I can't see what God's doing. I don't even know where he's working at anymore. I just know that he knows the way I take and he's got something appointed for me. It says, after this, after all these things happened, Job lived 140 years. Saul, his sons, and his son's sons, even four generations. He had seven sons and three daughters. And then it says, so Job died, not just being old, but full of days. Boaz said, Ruth, you're going to get a full reward. I think Job got a full reward. He didn't just die being old, but he was full of days. It means his, it, it means his days were filled with the blessings of God. And he realized every day, these next 140 years that he lived after that trial, that God has been for me. I'm sure he still cried over those lost children. I'm sure he still wept not seeing their faces. But God kept on blessing and God kept on giving and Job couldn't even see. Even when Job couldn't see it, God was working. And even when you can't see it, Lord, I don't know why things have been so hard. Has that changed the way I feel about you? God, I don't know why I've got to go through all this trouble. Does that change the fact that I love you? Does that change that you think that I will take care of you? Or why? I know, I know you, you're going through it. I know you're struggling. I know you've, you've lost things. You've lost people. You've lost this, that. I know that things are hard and bumpy and shaky right now. But does that change me? I said in my word that I'm the Lord. I change not. So why have you changed your perception of me? When we come to God, we come to Him at the worst shape of our life. Years, backlog of sin. We can't be no worse off than we are than the first time we come to Him, yet we believe He can do all things, save our soul, wash our sin away, fill us with His Spirit. And after that, it's like we... Well, that was appointed for us. That's promised to us. We can have that. But there's many other things that God's got for his people. Acts 2.38, ain't nothing like it. But there's a lot of life to live.
past Acts 2.38. You've got to obey Acts 2.38. You're going to make it in the gate, but there's a lot of life to live past Acts 2.38. And God's got a lot of other blessings in your life past that. And I'm telling you, I know that this message is for somebody in here today because you've been struggling and you've been wondering if God's even listening. And you can't figure out why it just seems like it ain't getting better. And I can't figure out why it hadn't changed yet. Maybe it ain't time. What I will tell you is that God is watching. And you keep your commitment. Because commitment will keep you. And even when you can't see it, he's working for you. This altar is open. I want you to come and find a place today. Renew your commitment. Lay your troubles down. Trust God. Tell Him you're sorry that you didn't believe Him. Whatever you need to do. But I'm telling you, God's looking for you and He's working for you today. Ah. Uh, Come on, church, lift your voice to him. Hallelujah. Refresh your people, God. Renew your people.
Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yeah, yeah. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You wipe away. The answer to it all, to it all, Jesus. You wipe away all tears. You mend the broken heart. You're the answer to it all, to it all. Even when I don't feel it, you work and you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you work and you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you work and even when I don't feel it, you work and you never stop, you never stop. Keep 
just receive it right now. Just receive it right now. do something as we get ready to close I know some are, have knelt in the altars and, and I'm, not, I'm not wanting to interrupt I'm just wanting to move us just a tad further so I'm not interrupting your prayer we're going to continue and those that are close by let's, let's gather around as, as close as you can those that will just come on down into the front and those that are kneeling if, you can, if, somebody, if you're praying with them and if you can help them help them up Brother Eddie, y'all help Brother JT up here. I want him up. I want, I want, I want, these, I want him to get up. Because we're going we're gonna to receive something from the Lord here. Because the whole point of this is, is getting that revelation. And no matter what I'm facing or what I'm going through, is that God's going to come through. And so while our, our, our need can almost crush us sometimes, and try to drive us down and, and do do us in what people like Job had this revelation that God's going to come through that God's going to make a way and so I want you to take the hand of somebody beside you if you're praying with them I want you where you can get your head up toward heaven and, you, and lift your voice I want you to lift those hands up Ma. Jesus right now this is a people that have trusted 
under the shadow of your wing. King of kings and Lord of lords, you are our God. And Lord, we are committed to one another and we together are committed to you. We serve you, the living God. And we're going to bear one another's burdens. And we're going to lift one another up and we're going to remind one another. I'm going to remind my brother, you've got a God. I'm going to remind my sister, hey, you've got a God. I'm going to remind somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody and praise him. Now that you know it, now that you believe it. Now that you know it, now that you believe it. Listen what Peter, this just came to my mind. Listen what Peter said. And then we're going to just do what the word says. As he had begun to address the church in his first letter, he said that Jesus has brought us to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled. It fades not away, it's reserved for you in heaven. It's there. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I'm still waiting to see something. Wherein you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. He didn't say after this season. He said while you're in this season, you greatly rejoice. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes. Though it be tried with fire might be found in the praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom, in, whom have he not seen? I hadn't seen him. I love him. And if I love him, all things work together. He said, you got a promise right here. And it can keep you rejoicing through your trial and through your test, through your hard season. In whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's a man that could tell you that things are coming your way. Better things are headed your way. It might be tough right now, but it's going to get better. Oh, I wish you could get somebody by the hand and say, why don't we just rejoice for a minute? Because even though I can't see him, I love him. Even though I can't see him, I love him. And all things work together for good. I know there's a blessing. I know there's a blessing coming my way. I know that God's going to come through. There's an answer. There's a better day coming, honey. There's a better day coming. And while we wait for that better day, it's still a good day living for God. This is the day that the Lord has made. I guess if I'm rejoicing, sometimes it might be even in the, in the middle of that season of trials. Thank you, Jesus. How come you, how come you dancing, Pastor? How come you shuffling your feet? Oh, because nothing beats God. 
trials don't beat him. Lack of money don't beat him. People leaving don't beat it. Stress and heartache and anxiety and depression don't beat him. Ain't nothing beats God. So when I see that obstacle, when I see that trial or that test, I know that God's working. It ain't just the enemy working. It ain't just life working against me. But God's working. It will not allow me to be tempted above that I'm able to bear. But will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. You know what that way, we talk about a window and a door and an escape hatch. But you know how you escape that trouble sometimes? You praise him. That's how you escape. You worship. You just keep serving. I've made a way of escape. You don't realize how powerful praise is. You don't realize how powerful prayer is and how powerful worship is or even that name sometimes. I'm waiting for a hold to open up in the sky and the Lord saying, why don't you just use my name? Why don't you just praise me? And you'll see how fast. Well, I could just go on preaching while I got to stop. I need somebody to remember today. I want you to realize at church, whatever you're facing, just stay committed. Stay committed to God. Commitment will keep you. And even if you can't see how he's going to do it, you can trust that he will do it. Because God is working even when you can't see it. Praise God. Give him a hand clap of praise in this house today. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer tomorrow night at 7. Hope I see you here. If the Lord don't come and get us, I plan on it. God bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.